Hello, fellow Kentuckians and other friends, and welcome to a new edition of my old Kentucky podcast. My name is Robert Connie, and joining me, as always, is Jasmine Smith. Jasmine, how are you today? I'm doing okay, Robert. We're ha- we've been having technical difficulties. <laughs> yes, uh, we are trying to record this cross country. Uh, I'm in Queens, New York, with uh, my family. My nephew was born last week, and we are, you know, up here with with those family, and so we have different computers and trying to figure everything out and i probably sound crazy and but we got it all figured out we, we had to, we had to have a show this week because it was the election the primary yeah, election was this pretty week, so we wanted to talk week. about all the results that's all we're going to talk about it's probably going to be lightly edited but uh we did definitely want to talk about all of these things because there are some pretty wild things that happened jasmine what did you think the biggest surprise of election night primary 2022 was for you The biggest surprise to me, I guess, was Angela Evans crushing Larry Roberts for the Fayette County attorney position in Lexington. Yeah, that was a really, really big win. Uh, she won by a lot. That was that was surprising to me as well. Um, that, that was something that, that I think made a lot of people happy. I was supporting her, so I, I that made me happy. Um, yeah, I it, would say that- it wasn't just that she won. I thought she had a really good shot, but I it was kind of a landslide and i didn't expect that one almost every precinct in the whole county um the 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 surprise for me was a little less exciting it was uh, jeff young winning the democratic primary in the sixth district oh you're right that's the most surprising (laughs) i've blocked that out of my brain already (laughs) yeah um jasmine will be talking about that a little bit more actually be talking be talking about both of these things later um jeff young is uh, very famous for being um a quixotic candidate uh, doing some things that are quite inappropriate sometimes, um, but then also, uh, you know, being a perennial candidate uh, who actually finally won a race, uh, but will not have the support of anyone in the institution. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, but we do want to talk about these things. We're going to start today by talking about uh, Louisville, and then we'll move to the rest of the state. Um, so without any further ado, I'm going to talk about the Louisville mayor's race. Um, so Jasmine, the, the Louisville mayor's race will be between Craig Greenberg and Bill DeRuff. Deerf ran away with the GOP side. He won almost 80 percent of the vote. That's, you know, almost all of it. Um, that equated, though, to about 30,000 votes. His nearest rival was Ch- Chantrell Hall, who got 4,200 votes or 11 percent. Everyone else, I think, came in like 7 percent or, or less. I don't know. Uh, I would say a little bit like you were just saying about Angela Evans, the the margin was rather surprising. I thought that this was definitely going to be Bill DeRuff's, and I thought he would win with a lot of the vote. I thought he would win with like 60% of the vote, maybe like pushing 70% of the vote. 80%, though, is a lot. I, I kind of thought, you know, Philip Molesina might come away with a higher percentage than he did. I was kind of surprised Chartrell Hall came in second. Um, I, I don't know, Jasmine, what did you think? What, what did you think about this race? I actually wasn't surprised by this at all. I I just didn't see really any kind of like advertising yard signs. I know, you know, those don't mean everything, but everything I saw from the Republican side was support for Bill Dariff. So mm-hmm. I don't think the big win here was surprising. This is, I thought that this race would, would go this way, kind of like, you know, Booker, running away with his race. You know, I, I didn't see the other opponents gaining a lot of votes. 
Yeah, it, it, it does kind of go to the, the need and um, the way that we run a lot of these forums and a lot of these uh, kind of like, you know, debates and things with the, some of these things where it's like, you know, we, we invite these people who get very little of the vote and um, don't very clearly don't have like a large support <laughs> in the community, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, I guess they're out there running. Uh, even yeah, it doesn't equate to a lot of votes. They definitely had an opportunity to get their platform out there. There were tons of mayoral forums, um, both for Democrats and Republicans or for, you know, all candidates. And I I just didn't see support for any of the other candidates. I saw some for Molestina, um, but for the others, I just didn't really see their names out there a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that was the Republican side and, and Jasmine's exactly right. I, I, did, I didn't think that... Uh, this was going to be very close on the Democratic side. You know, I didn't really think that this was going to be close either. And, and it kind of wasn't. Craig Greenberg won that seven way primary with 41 percent of the vote, even though he only got 41 percent of the vote. That's thirty five thousand votes, which just goes to show you the difference between uh, Democratic and Republican registration in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Dear of getting 80 percent of the vote is worth less and Craig Greenberg getting 40% of the vote on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. Um, 40% of the vote is pretty impressive given seven candidates. But also really impressive is uh, Shamika Parrish-Wright's showing. She got 18.5 thousand votes. That's 22%. And to me, that was really impressive. David Nicholson came in third and Tim Finley came in fourth. Both of them got between 13 and 15,000 votes, and that equated to about 15 to 17%. All of the other candidates got less than 2%. So, Jasmine, I'm going to just guess that you weren't super surprised that Craig Greenberg won this, but were any of the numbers surprising to you in this race? I was not surprised that Craig Greenberg won or his margin. I guess I was a little bit surprised um, with, you know, second, third, and fourth, but it's actually how I envisioned this going early on. So I think early on, I thought, Shamika would get second, Tim Finley would get third, and David Nicholson would get fourth. And, and that's almost how it shook out. Um, David Nicholson got third, but they were pretty close in numbers. But then more recently, you know, David Nicholson had a lot of money. He was airing TV commercials. And I was starting to think, I was seeing like some support for him among like labor people. And I was starting to think that David Nicholson was going to get second. Um Finley third and Shamika Parrish Wright getting fourth. And so I had kind of like switched my order as the race went on, but it ended up being kind of how I originally thought it would go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, To me, I mean, the biggest surprise to me was Shamika's very, very clear second place showing. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought she would, like, the the next three candidates would be certainly behind Greenberg. Um, but I kind of thought they would all three be jumbled together. And Shamika really, I think, you know, differentiated herself in a way mm-hmm. that she was able to to come in a very clear second um, ahead of the other the next two candidates. Of course, second place isn't worth a lot in primary elections. But, you know, for people like us that pay attention to these numbers, I think it's certainly something. And, uh, you know, if Craig Greenberg is to win or honestly, if anybody, whoever wins the mayor's race, they're probably going to look at Shamika Parrish, right, as somebody who has a pretty significant following in this community. And I wouldn't be shocked, no matter who becomes the next mayor, that they might include her in some level uh, in the administration. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised about that. You know, Tim Finley, David Nicholson also, um, as people who, you know, got a pretty significant number of votes in this community. So 
Um, mm. that, that's, that's kind of where we're at with this. Jasmine, you know I like to make maps, and, and seeing <laughs> where uh, where people's support is inside of the community is something yeah. um, that I do after the election quite a bit. And it, I got to tell you, um, the state's data and the way that the state is running elections these days and providing the data about those elections has taken a step back in the Adams administration at the Secretary of State's. Ooh, um, shocking. Yeah, you know, in... in Alison Lundergan Grimes, there's a lot of things that were potentially problematic about her uh, inside of the Secretary of State, and there's a lot of journalism <laughs> yeah. that's uh, written about that. But, um, you know, the vendor that we had used to provide data about our elections um, worked pretty well. It was still pretty antiquated, but it worked pretty well and uh, provided, you know, data that we could use to make maps the day of the election. That is not the case with Michael Adams and the current software that we're using to report on elections. We're getting PDF data, which we really can't use without a lot of extra work. I did a lot of that extra work <laughs> on uh, Tuesday night and was. Did able to you put sleep together. that night? Um, a little bit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got a text from you at 4 a.m. Yeah, it was. It was. It was 3:30. <laughs> uh, I went to bed once. I did go to bed at one point and then just woke up because I could. I kept like thinking about ways to solve the problem. Uh, and oh, I just this is the most Robert thing I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, and I got up and solved the problem. So anyways, uh, I was able to eventually put together maps for the, the mayoral election. And to me, they were pretty interesting. Um, I think, uh, you know, Craig Greenberg did really well in nearly every area of the city. Tim Finley won a bunch of precincts in parts of West Louisville, especially Russell. Shamika Parrish-Wright won areas in the Central Business District, including a lot of precincts in Germantown, Butchertown, Clifton, Old Louisville, and Shelby Park. That was kind of her, her source of strength. It was like outside of the West End, which was a little surprising to me, but within kind of the old city limits, a lot of, you know, those older neighborhoods and also kind of those, uh, if you want to use the word, gentrifying neighborhoods inside of our city, that's where she got a lot of her support. Um, you know, Craig Greenberg won basically everywhere else, including, you know, he won a significant amount of votes uh, up and around Shawnee Park and in Shively. So, you know, this is something we talked about in our preview show. You know, how are the efforts that Craig Greenberg is making in try, trying to court vo voters in areas of town that, you know, previously Democratic nominees didn't have to go to? How's that going to pay off for him? And he, he was able to win uh, a pretty significant number of votes and in Newburgh, he did pretty well in Newburgh as well. So, so Craig Greenberg did win some predominantly black areas of Louisville. Um, the other thing is David Nicholson didn't win a lot of precincts. You know, there isn't a lot of uh, David Nicholson uh, in in the map, but he came in second in a lot of precinct. Him and Shamika Parrish Wright were the second choice in more than two hundred and twenty precincts. Um, so, so he did. He did. His map looked, I think, the way he thought it would be. It's just that his voters and uh, were also Craig Greenberg voters, which seems to be uh, what happened to David Nicholson. Um, so, you know, we're headed to the general election, and the big question is whether or not Bill DeRiff will get any traction. Louisville hasn't elected a Republican in a very long time, and Louisville is more Democratic now than ever. However, 2022 seems like it's going to be a pretty good year for Republicans, and Bill DeRiff seems like one of the better candidates to run for Louisville mayor on the GOP side in quite a long time. So Jasmine, the map and the general election um, matchup, what do you think about those for the Louisville mayoral election this year? I think that this matchup could be a little closer than previous mayoral races. Bill Dierf is super likable 
in in J-Town, you know, he was a nonpartisan mayor. So I think for a long time, he kind of tried to like stay away from people knowing he was a Republican. And he seems pretty moderate too. And so I do think that that is going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, he's definitely going to be like hitting on public safety and what's going on downtown. And that may resonate with some older folks who don't really know what actually went on downtown, you know? Right. So I, I think, I think he's a stronger candidate than Angela Elite, you know, was running against Fisher. So um, I think it could be tighter than other races. Yeah. In the 2010 election, the last time that this election was open, Greg Fisher won by like 2%. It was like 51 to 49 or something over, I think it was, might have been Hal Heiner actually in that election. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, it, it, it has been close when it was open and not Jerry Abramson in the past. Um, so that's something, that's something that certainly could happen. Um, yeah, I think Greenberg definitely, you know, he can't just phone it in. He can't phone it in. I don't think he's going to. He didn't phone it in in this primary when he probably could have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't, so I don't think that that's in the cards for him. I still think he's a pretty heavy favorite, too. I think um, so, too. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where we're at. So that's the mayoral election. Uh, moving on, though, to the, to the congressional election, it's going to be Morgan McGarvey taking on Stuart Ray for the congressional seat John Yarmouth has occupied since 2007. So Stuart Ray won an extremely tight race for the GOP nomination. He eked out a victory by fewer than 60 votes over Rhonda Palazzo. No candidate in the GOP primary got more than 10,000 votes. It was quite crowded on the GOP side. And uh, yeah, Stuart Ray is the person who came away. Do you have any thoughts <laughs> about the GOP race for Congress in the primary? Not really. I think maybe I saw a lot of. So I live, you know, kind of East End. And so there are some, you know, quite a few Republicans out where I live. And I saw a lot of support for like Bill Deeroff and Stuart Ray together. Really? Um, so I assume that those are like moderate Republicans, but I kind of thought Rhonda Palazzo might win just because she had name recognition from running before. Um, I mean, clearly it, it was very close, but yeah, I saw a lot of support for Duraf and Ray together. And so it wasn't super surprising, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I had no read whatsoever. Um, my neighborhood is, is pretty democratic. <laughs> uh, so uh, I did not see a lot of Stuart Ray or Bill Deere of signs in my neighborhood. I But the, we do have a race for the state house. And I think the lady who's running against Josie Raymond in our district um, has a sign in literally every single yard that has a registered Republican. So now I know which of my neighbors are Republicans. Uh, all right. So that's the Republican side for the con- congressional race. Morgan McGarvey also ran away with the Democratic primary. He got 63 percent of the vote. And, and, you know, the third district, which is most of Louisville, Attica Scott got 37 percent. That equates to 52,000 votes for Morgan McGarvey and 30,000 for Representative Scott. Representative Scott did pretty well in the East End, especially in areas that are actually inside of or around her house district. Morgan McGarvey won just about everywhere else, including other parts of West Louisville and Newburgh. So, um, you know, Jasmine, based on this election, I mean, are you surprised by the numbers? Are Are you surprised by the map? Are you surprised by anything about how this went? No, I'm not. I think Morgan McGarvey was always 
prepared to run for the seat when he announced he came in, you know, he got a ton of money in the first like 24 or 48 hours. He had the support of John Yarmouth and most other Democratic elected officials. He ran TV ads. He he has he's always done a really good job in the media, I think, too. And supporting things that are popular with other people. Like he was responsible for the NIL executive order and the bill that came out um, and sports gambling and things like that. And so I'm not surprised that Morgan McGarvey um, ran away with this race. He had a, a huge advantage in a lot of different ways. I was I was pretty shocked by the margin. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not see Morgan McGarvey winning by this much. I thought he would win by 20 points. Um, I did not see him winning by, you know, 30, 30 points, almost 30 points, um, you know, or 25 points. Uh, that, that's a big difference. Um, you know, and, and I really think the, the way um, that he won with such a broad base of support throughout most of the entire county was also pretty surprising to me. I, I think that there was a lot of votes that Atticus Scott could have won um, out in the county if um, if there had been, you know, a stronger campaign presence there. Um, I don't know. I, there were a lot of Attica Scott and uh, like Attica Scott and Shamika signs. Uh, those were like the combo that were in that was in my neighborhood and mm-hmm. kind of the way that it sounds like Stuart Ray and Bill Deeriff was in years. Yeah. Um, but besides people in houses that probably I would I'm going to go ahead and say they asked for those signs like they they had them delivered at their request. I didn't see a lot of campaigning out in my neighborhood um, by Attica Scott. And I, I wonder if, you know, extending the range of the campaign a little further might have might have paid dividends. I don't know if she would have won, but I do think there were votes kind of left on the table for her. Uh, I mean, well, I, do you agree with that at all, or do you think I'm, I'm way off base there? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, I saw signs near where I live and also, like, in Hikes Point and, and places like that, but... You know, I saw I saw Representative Scott at all most of the things that I saw Morgan McGarvey at um, because I went to a lot of, of campaign events this year since I was helping a candidate, and so um, you know I know she worked really hard, but I I just don't have I guess enough knowledge about you know what she did in different parts of Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, think this is probably interesting to only me because of where I live. But the maps that you did, there's like one little precinct in Linden that both Attica Scott and Shamika won, and it looks like the same one on both maps. And I think it might be mine, <laughs> but I'm uh, not for sure. But I thought, I thought that that was really interesting. One little East End part. I'll go over and look. A lot of times, there's some, there's a few precincts that are just really small. That only have like, you know, six or seven voters in there. So if you get like one household that's, you know, Shamika yeah. Attica, that um, all of a sudden that turns it a different color. So, but I'll go in and look. That's that's worth doing. Someone, yeah, someone else tweeted about that one too. And I yeah. was curious. Yeah. Um, so the matchup becomes more Morgan McGarvey and Stuart Ray for the house seat. You know, I honestly think Morgan McGarvey is going to have an easier time than Craig Greenberg to keep the seat into Democratic hands. But, you know, both of them are probably prohibitive favorites. Um, I mean, any any concern that you have for Morgan McGarvey versus Stuart Ray? No, I think I think Morgan McGarvey has an even 
easier time winning yeah, <laughs> than absolutely. the mayor's race. Um, so those were the two marquee races in Louisville. But there were several other races that were tracking in the legislature that were close um, and also some that were not that I think were worth mentioning. So Daniel Grossberg, he unseated 90-year-old incumbent Tom Birch by a little more than 100 votes. That ends Birch's really long and storied legislative career. So Daniel, Daniel Grossberg is going to be um, a member of the House from Louisville. Sarah Stalker beat Jonathan Lowe, 61 to 39%. So she's also going to go through. I don't think that there's a Republican registered in that seat. So Sarah Stalker uh, is, is going to be in the House next year. And also Sue Foster beat Derek Pinwell, 64 to 37%. So those weren't close races. Uh, we saw Sarah Stalker and Sue Foster beat out um, their opponents pretty significantly in, in the House. And those, then lastly on the House Those side, races were actually really surprising to me. I did not see those... Being coming blowouts. Yeah, I really yeah. didn't. And I think both, I think Jonathan Lowe and Derek Pinwell both had money advantages. Um, Jonathan Lowe had every endorsement in that race. and But like, I, I think that Democrats in Louisville prefer to vote for women. And mm-hmm. it, it really shows in those state house primaries. That is, that is, def- that was definitely true in 2018. And I mean, it's coming true in 2022 as well. Uh, in, in midterm races um, and in, in contested primaries, especially open ones. Certainly true. And the last one is also a woman. Uh, at, uh, Pam Stevenson fended off Democratic Socialist challenger Robert Lerberdis Bell by about 350 votes. That's 54% to 46%. So, you know, a nine-point race, very close. Very, very good showing by Robert Bell in the DSA there, um, but not enough to take down uh, Pam Stevenson. So there's that on the... On the Democratic side, on the Republican side in the Senate, James Peden, who is a Metro Council member, he beat out two other challengers with 43% of the vote to become the nominee against Karen Berg in a district that has been redrawn to be much more friendly to Democrats. But like we've mentioned before, this is likely to be a Republican year. So even though it's a better seat for Karen Berg, she still has a pretty significant challenge uh, ahead in the general election. So... There were all the races in Louisville. I wanted to talk about Jasmine. What happened in the rest of the state? All right. So first, we're going to start with Lexington and the mayor race. Linda Gordon, I would say unsurprisingly, ran away with it with 71% of the vote. The race for second place, though, was really, really close between David Kloiber and Adrian Wallace, with Kloiber beating Wallace uh, 14% to 13%, and it was 414 votes. So, Robert, what, you know, any surprises here for the Lexington mayoral race? I guess I shouldn't be surprised that Linda Gordon won with that much of the vote. I mean, neither of these two candidates seem nearly as serious as Ronnie Baston was last time around in the Louisville or Lexington mayoral race. Well, and it was an open seat then, too. And it was an open seat. Um, and, And Linda Gordon, I think we've mentioned, you know, I think that there are some critics of her administration, but by and large, she seems to be very popular in Lexington. Um... You know, I do think that she kind of scared off a lot of the more serious challengers. David Kloiber put a lot of money into this race. I mm-hmm. thought that he would win a little bit more convincingly for that second place spot. And I think, yeah, I, I did also too. Think I thought he would cut more into the Gordon vote than he would into the Adrian Wallace vote. I think Adrian Wallace kind of finished where I expected him to, but I expected David Kloiber to have a little bit more. But it doesn't really matter because I don't think Linda Gordon is under any threat whatsoever and hasn't been since the whole thing yeah, started. So. It, it seems like it would be very hard. You know, Kloiber does get to advance to the general, but with the margin, it seems like it would be very difficult for um, him to come very close there. Mm-hmm. 
the next race is is the most surprising one. I would say that's the the biggest news, and that's Jeff Young's victory over Chris Priest. So Chris Priest is an educator. He was a first time candidate. He came on this show, um, and Jeff Young, like Robert said, is a perennial candidate. He's run for office several times. He's he's run for the Kentucky sixth seat um, in 2014, 2016, and 2018. He also ran for governor in 2015. And he also ran for a state house seat as a Green Party candidate in 2012. And he's never really come close to winning. Um, and now he's the Democratic nominee. And I don't know what happened. Robert, do you? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. Um, I mean, Chris Priest, you mentioned it. He's an educator who works full time. He mm-hmm. he just had a child, I think. He has a newborn yeah, child. He's a, like PhD, a couple months old. he's a PhD student. Is a PhD. I mean, and so there were some questions, I think, about, you know, how serious he was able to mount a challenge for this seat mm-hmm. um, in the first place. I figured he'd be able to beat Jeff Young. I mean, but obviously not. <laughs> uh, Jeff Young is. It, it's hard to it's hard to say uh, he's erratic. He's, you know, a lot of people find him dangerous. I think like he's banned from KET. I think like he's, I don't think he's allowed in the KDP office because he's, of like threats and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, he's kind also of, sued the party, the governor. Yes. He's done <laughs> like, a lot he, of legal he's, challenges. He's sued he's everybody. A ton of stuff. Like, there's a lot of things that have gone on with, with Jeff Young in central Kentucky. Uh, and he's the official Democratic nominee. Um, he, you know, the KDP and Governor Bashir both all said that they would not do anything to support him. And they're basically disavowing the nomination. So, uh, you know, he's going to have the, ba- the, the ballot line, but that's about all he'll get from the Democratic Party, I think. Yeah. And what something that's been an issue this time around in his campaign is his support for Russia in mm-hmm. And them invading Ukraine, and he calls it Nazi Ukraine, um, and has has done like interviews with like Russian media, I think, and um, it, it's all just really strange. I saw, I did see he had a billboard in Lexington that said abolish the CIA, which is one of his primary issues as well. Um, so yeah, that that's who is going to be the nominee against Andy Barr in the fall. Um, yesterday, Governor Bashir and Morgan McGarvey had a press conference after McGarvey's big victory, and they were asked, and both said that they would not support Jeff Young in the mm-hmm. race. All right, the next one is one that we mentioned at the top of the show as well, and that's the county attorney race in Fayette County. So Angela Evans defeated incumbent Larry Roberts and will become the first black Fayette County attorney. Um, she won with 70% of the vote, which equated to nearly 12,000 votes. Evans was formerly general counsel and an elections administrator in the Secretary of State's office. She's also been an assistant attorney general um, prosecuting professional licensees. She was a public defender and she was a city councilwoman in Lexington as well. So I thought she had a really good shot. She was working super hard. I think I mentioned on the show when we did our primary preview that I'd somehow been targeted and was getting <laughs> ads for her and I'm not even in the district. Um, but I, you know, I lived there once. <laughs> I right. don't know. You um, probably expressed some support for like Reggie <laughs> Thomas or something in the past and they're like, oh, one of our voters. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So I know she worked really hard and 
I, it's just surprising to me because Larry Roberts has been there since I was a law student, um, which is a, a pretty long time ago at this point. At least it feels like it. Um, and yeah, she won by a huge margin. I think his the way he handled some of the protester cases became an issue in their race, and it, it didn't go well for him. Nope. No, and I, and I mean, Angela Evans, this was, uh, I was able to get the, the Lexington results a lot easier than I was able to get the Louisville results. So the, the Angela Evans map was the first one I made, and she won nearly every precinct in the mm-hmm. entire county, uh, Fayette County, um, and won most of the ones inside of New Circle, New Circle Road very convincingly. So, you know, I'm really impressed with her. We had her on our show when she was on Lexington Council. Yeah. And we're hoping that she would... Take a step up. I mean, we were both really impressed with her. And this is a step up. You know, I think that she's she's a real potential, you know, bright spot for the Kentucky Democratic Party moving forward as a potential candidate. Somebody who can appeal to a really broad base of voters, someone who's a good campaigner like she's I mean, the sky's the limit for her in terms of Democratic politics in the state, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. And she has such she has really broad experience Mm -hmm. as well. You know, she's worked in the Secretary of State's office as an Attorney General, but she's also been on the other side as a public defender and then worked she in was local doing, government. So I think her most recent job she like has had since she moved back is uh, working in the Maxwell Street Clinic for the Kentucky Equal Justice Center, which is kind of like legal aid, um, which is another like civil um, defense, like, civil stuff like that. So you, you know more about this than I do. That seems like a cool experience, though, like good experience for, for this kind of work. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's the Fayette County attorney race. Um, and then a couple other races in or near Lexington that we wanted to talk about. The first one is State Senate, District 22. Um, and that is Donald Douglas versus Andrew Cooper Ryder. So we talked about this in our preview. Donald Douglas was kind of, I guess, the the Republican star in in the Senate. They, they had him sponsoring a lot of bills. Um, he just finished... He's finishing his first term, and he had a challenger from the Liberty Wing of the party who was Mm a a coffee shop owner who defied Bashir's COVID restrictions. Um, And he was originally going to run against for Alice Forky Kerr's seat, but, but because of redistricting, he ran against Donald Douglas and put a lot of money into the race. This was a very high dollar race, a lot of negative ads. Um, and incumbent Donald Douglas did emerge victorious with 56% of the vote. Um, so, you know, it was it was pretty close. Chad All and Lindsey Burke uh, will both become state representatives in Lexington districts after landslide victories. Chad All will represent the 79th, which was Susan Westrom's district, and then Lindsey Burke will represent the 75th, Kelly Flood's district. Chad All filed a primary Westrom, but she later decided to retire, um, and then she threw her support to him. He raised the second most money of any house race, um, but he he won in a landslide, so I guess he he didn't need it all. Um, well, and then it kind of sets up a potential future for him if he wants to run yeah. for statewide something next year. Chad All is somebody who is. Well known to anybody who's been paying attention to democratic politics for several years, but he's mm-hmm. kind of been away, uh, at least in in terms of like high profile stuff that me over in Louisville would notice uh, for the past few years. And this is kind of a he's back moment where he's like somebody that people are 
have always really liked. Yeah, um, and he's every now in state, in state house. <laughs> every time I heard people talk about this race, they would be like, "Oh, I love Chad all," and I don't know him, but everyone I've talked to really likes him. So, yeah. um, he'll be in Frankfurt now because he's running unopposed in the general. Um, Lindsey Burke will also run a run unopposed in the general. Um, she faced Chris Couch in this race. Um, he was arrested for a domestic violence incident during the campaign um, and didn't withdraw from the race, but wasn't really like running very hard after that. Uh, but his name was still on the ballot and she mm-hmm. won in a landslide as well. So those are two new Democratic representatives that we'll have from Lexington. Moving on to Northern Kentucky, we mentioned that five GOP legislators had primary challengers and Three of them were defeated, and they were three committee chairs. The first one was Ed Massey. He got beat pretty handily by Steve Rawlings, um, 69% to 31%. And, you know, in votes, it's not a ton of votes, but it was about 1,500 votes that he lost by. Steve Doan defeated Adam Koenig, um, who is kind of known as like the sports gambling champion. Um, That was a really close race. He won by 190 votes. This was a race with a lot of negative ads and was, was hotly contested, I think. Um, And, and some people expected Koenig to lose, but it was very close. But I think the big surprise in Northern Kentucky, which people maybe didn't see coming was Sal Santoro, um, he lost to Marianne Proctor by 131 votes. And so all of these candidates are, you know, further right-wing liberty challengers who defeated three committee chairmen in the legislature. Yeah, I just checked it. And I think it is the case that all three of these losers, the committee chairs who lost have significant number of precincts in Boone County, many of whom mm-hmm. have them in Boone County for the first time. Like Adam Koenig was very much just Kenton County, like just uh, just Covington, you know, and, and now he's having a run in Boone County, which is more conservative um, yeah. than Kenton County by a large margin. And also, you know, during the Republican redistricting, um, this is a tip I got from from Dave Meyer and and the newspaper up in Northern Kentucky a lot of like liberty aligned Republicans took over the county party in Boone County um, last time around. So I think that they ran their people and organized for their people. And that's what led to this and why a few people thought that this might happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there was a lot of punditry that went around that was like, oh, you know, the three people that filed for the Bashir, um, the Bashir impeachment hearing lost. Andrew Cooper writers on that list. Uh, and two others, I think the person who ran against Kim King, maybe, I, I don't remember, but those three lost their challenge, while three other people who are uh, still liberty, but not necessarily uh, challenging Bashir for impeachment won. I think that the big difference is that the Boone County candidates won versus the non-Boone yeah. County candidates. Another race that was close um, for an open seat, Shelly Funk Frohmeyer held off a Liberty candidate, Jessica Neal, in a close race in House District 24. Um, So there were mixed results, but it looks like Boone County is the common denominator Mm -hmm, there. Right. And then um, 
last few races kind of in all over the state in house district 12, which is in Western Kentucky. Um, that was an incumbent face-off between Jim Gooch and Lynn Beckler. Jim Gooch beat Beckler 55 to 45%. Um, he's, he's been in the house much longer than Lynn Beckler has. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the caucus is sad to see Lynn Beckler go, but you know, they, they clearly didn't mind putting those two up against each other yeah. in redistricting. Um, we also have House District 97 was another incumbent battle. That one's in Eastern Kentucky where Bobby McCool defeated Norma Kirk McCormick um, by about 1,500 votes. And she is in her first term, so um, she she's done. <laughs> yeah, she, ran, term. she was like a perennial candidate um, mm-hmm. against Chris Harris in Pikeville uh, when Chris Harris was a Democrat from that area that kept winning over and over again. And um, yeah. And then when he, he lost, ran for Supreme court, yeah, he lost in the Trump wave. I know he, I guess he didn't run. He retired to run for Supreme court. Yeah. That's right. Jasmine. And um, yeah, when they got a, when that was an open seat. She won it in the Trump wave. Uh, but then they, I don't think she was ever that popular in the Republican caucus and was redistricted out of her, seat for uh in favor of Bobby McCool um who's I think tighter with leadership yeah uh the next the next one is House District 55 which you mentioned just a minute ago that one's in central Kentucky Kim King held off her liberty challenger Tony Wheatley who is one of the impeachment petition Mm -hmm. people um she got 54 percent of the vote and it equated to a 362 vote win so it was pretty close very uh, similar numbers to um, Pam Stevenson and Robert Bell. Yeah. And, a, mm-hmm. you know, through a glass darkly similar type <laughs> race. Yeah. And House District 18, which is like Grayson and, and a little bit of Hardin County, um, Samara Heverin also defeated her more conservative Liberty challenger, Jacob Clark, with 57% of the vote. So that one um, was a little bigger margin. And then Senate District 20, this was an open seat after Paul Hornback decided to retire and a Liberty candidate endorsed by Thomas Massey, Jex J. Williams, emerged from that primary. And then another Liberty candidate won in Senate District 6, which is my new district. Um, it, it was C.B. Embry's seat who isn't running, but the district is now completely different. So it was like a Western Kentucky seat. And now it's mostly Oldham County, but includes the part of Jefferson County where I live. She defeated Bill Furco um, and does not have a Democratic challenger for that seat. So mm-hmm. maybe I should have run for Senate. I think you should have. <laughs> well, I, I had like five days... Uh, after the maps came out to decide or something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, and, and the, the Jex, uh, Jay, the Jay Williams seat is one that Democrats are, are targeting. They have a candidate in that race. Um, it includes Franklin County, which is, you know, has been a Democratic county even more recently than a lot of the other um, counties in Kentucky. So, you know, potential opportunity there, even though it's going to be tough in 2022 for a lot of these candidates. But, uh, you know, uh, a Liberty candidate in Fayette County, Sorry, in Franklin County that uh, that may not jive. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, probably the last thing we should talk about is Charles Booker, who is the United States Senate, uh, you know, you know, domin- uh, nominee in the Democratic Party. He's going to be taking on Rand Paul. 
the incumbent, both of them won their primaries very easily. I think they were the first races call as soon as the polls in Western Kentucky mm-hmm. closed. Um, yeah, just setting up that before we close, Jasmine, any thoughts about that race? I mean, uh, obviously they both won overwhelmingly. I think that was well expected, but just like going into the general election, anything that you're looking for, any feelings that you have based on the results of the primary? I don't think the results of the primary was surprising at all. And, you know, I don't think my feelings on this race have changed. I think it, it'll be very, very hard for Booker to defeat Rand Paul. It, it has felt like the last couple months. Um, I haven't seen him as much. You know, I haven't seen his campaign out there. Um, and maybe that's just because he wasn't worried about the primary. But, you know, it, if he's going to... If he's going to mount a challenge, um, he's going to need to be working really hard and have a lot of money, and I, I think it's going to be really, really tough for, for him to do that. I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be – it's just – it's hard to win in a red state as a United States Senate candidate, even if it's like, you know, a pretty purple state. So Yeah, and I, I think it's even harder maybe to beat him than it is Mitch McConnell because – Mitch McConnell is so well known that he's disliked around the country. And so people are willing to pour more into that race or were, I think now maybe people think it's a lost cause. Um, But I don't know if there's that same energy for beating Rand Paul, even though a lot, you know, Democrats aren't fans um, I don't think there's that same energy for beating him as yeah. there is for Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But I think if anybody can, Charles Booker might be the guy. Um, we'll yeah, see. I, I definitely think he's the right candidate. Um, but it it is going to be really tough. And, and so we'll, we'll see how this race goes. Yep. All right. Well, that's the primary election. Um, you know, next week will be a little bit more of a normal show. We still need to talk about Daniel Cameron running for governor. That's a yeah. We've been busy. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we will get to that. I mean, that election's not till twenty twenty three, so we got yeah, a lot we, of time. We but, uh, time. Yeah, but I mean, that's the primary. We, we're all set for the general. Um, the election will heat up here before we know it. Um, but we know who's running against who. So that's it. All right, Jasmine. How can people get a hold of us? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MyOldKYPod. You can listen to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice. We also have a Facebook page you can like. And we have a newsletter that comes out on Friday mornings. You can subscribe to it at tinyletter.com slash newsletter. We also have a Patreon page where you can support what we're doing for as little as a dollar a month. You can do that at patreon.com slash podcast. Robert worked really hard making these maps so we would love your support on patreon (laughs) and last but not least we are part of the demcast network all right everybody thank you for listening and we will see you next week